All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, another episode here of uh, the Business Book Podcast. Um, my guest today is Brian Judd. He's uh, Executive Director at the Association uh, of Publishers for Special Sales. So for, for most of my authors, um, you know, I say that, that the, uh, uh, a business book, you, you don't write a business book um, for sales. A, a business author doesn't count on the sales of their book. They, they count on what their book sells. Uh, you're not going to make uh, a whole lot of, of money um, from from a business book. You write it usually so that you can sell your consulting services, your your uh, speaking gigs, um, other services, uh, your programs, your courses. Um, and so usually, I, I just think of either uh, my my authors either going through retail, you know, their their book on Barnes and Noble shelves, or uh, going through direct. Uh, so. You know, buying your 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 books in, in bulk whenever you um, whenever you're going to go speak at, at an event or or go uh, conduct a training or a workshop. So I was pretty fascinated whenever I um, I came across Brian Judd. I believe I came Brian. I, I think I found you uh, through Book Baby's uh, newsletter. Book Baby had a newsletter. Um, their conference uh, it was in Philadelphia just a few weeks ago. Um, and, uh, in that, in that newsletter, they'd featured, uh, some writing by, uh, by Brian Judd. And that's how I stumbled onto special sales, um, which is, like I said, this whole unexplored, uh, for me area of, of publishing. So why don't Brian, instead of me trying to explain what I understand, why don't I just give you the, the microphone and you tell us, uh, I mean, what what is what what are these these special sales? Why do we have? Why do we need a whole association of publishers for specials? Yeah, that's a great question. A great way to start off. Derek, thanks again for inviting me to to, to join you here. The uh, special sales is uh, non bookstore marketing, selling books to retailers, non retailers, companies that that uh, use books to to resell or use books as promotional items. But the idea is to sell it in uh, places other than bookstores and that's the basic definition of it and it can be for business books self-help books art books uh, photography books health travel whatever the topic may be there's an audience for that outside the bookstores and actually Derek, that that market is larger than the trade market than the bookstore market there's more more books are sold outside of bookstores than in bookstores and even whether it's online, online, or even uh, with uh, the advent of Amazon and the uh, Barnes Noble independent stores, oh yeah, the it, the books have been sold that way for a long time. But just very few, I shouldn't say very few, but uh, outside the top publishers of the Simons and Randoms of the world, the uh, it's not a market that people approach. They just they don't aren't aware of it or don't know how to get into it. So. That's what I have devoted my career and uh, the association to to do to help people uh, or do it for them and, and just to, to make them aware of the, the vast opportunity of book sales outside the uh, the bookstore market. This this can be just in the U.S. It, when you open it up to the world, then <laughs> it's, it becomes even much larger. So whenever I think about the places I bought books that were not in in bookstores or or directly off of uh, off of Amazon. Um, I guess uh, I'm thinking about 
you know, Sam's or some of the other warehouse stores. I've, I've bought um, a couple of books there before. Uh, uh, whenever I, whenever I travel, um, if I go to a, a museum, I always like to buy a book there at, uh, at one of the museums. Um, or, you know, I guess I've, I've even bought a couple of books from say Walmart or, or a grocery store. Sure, um, sure. but, uh, but, but what we're talking about here with special sales, it, it includes that, but oh, sure. uh, from what I was reading it, it goes way, way beyond that. Give us a couple of, of examples of what that, um, uh, of what, what those niches with those kind of micro markets or are those unexplored um, giants look like? Sure. The, the, the retail sector includes many of those which you just mentioned. There are supermarkets, uh, airport stores, uh, pharmacies, uh, the discount stores, warehouse clubs, museums, uh, the zoos. Uh, specialty stores. If you have a book on photography, you might go to a camera shop, for example, have, have them sell it there. Uh, the non-retail part would be corporations and associations and schools and the military and government, government agencies that buy books in, in large quantities. And Derek, the, the real benefit of the non-retail is that the books are, are generally non-returnable. And so you can sell X thousand books on a non-returnable basis. It's a, it's a lot more profitable than selling books in the, uh, the retail sector. I, I tell people that if they want to sell 10,000 books through retail. You have to find 10,000 people to each buy one. On the non-retail side, you can find one person to buy 10,000 books. So that becomes a lot more, a lot more profitable for you. Yeah, that seems a, a lot easier <laughs> to get one person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you mentioned all those different places in which you purchase books, and that's it's really a good place to start in the sense that I always tell my clients and others to to start in this whole process by defining your target reader. You know, who are they? Uh, where do they shop? If if they're uh, business travelers and maybe you want to be in airport stores, if the your content is for uh, Parents, uh, they maybe want to shop in uh, or have your book in supermarkets or, or Target or Walmart if they're on a budget. And so if, if you, some people say, well, the primary buyer of my book would be women. Well, is it uh, women who are just starting a family? Is it career women that are uh, traveling a lot? So once you define your your, your reader, then you when you find out where they shop, then that's where you want to have your books. If they shop and if they go to libraries and you want to have your books in, in libraries. And what I, I do, I, I tell people to look at their book. First of all, you, you define your target. Now, second, define your book. And that may sound odd, but you know, I tell, uh, I think you'll sell more books if you stop selling your books in the sense that people don't want to buy it. They want to buy it pages, you know, with, with print on it, you know, they want to buy, they want content, they want information and they want to, uh, they want to lose weight. They want to gain weight. They want to uh, gain money. They want to be healthy, want better relationships. And that's what they're, that's what they're, they're looking for information. So what you need to do is present that information. What I make the analogy, I make the analogy to arm and hammer baking soda. <laughs> Sounds odd, but how is that used you know, for as a, in recipes, as as a deodorant, as a toothpaste, as putting out fires and uh, put it in refrigerators to keep them fresh, it's the same product. And it's but it's people use it in different ways. It's the same as your book. Retailers use your book 
to to increase their store traffic or to make become more profitable to increase inventory turns. You know, they don't care about selling your book. If your book doesn't do that for them, they'll replace it with something else that does. So the idea is that you have that you want to define the content so you know who will be interested in your content. I sold, for example, I, I wrote a series of books. When I first started out in my career, but I wrote uh, job search type books, and I sold those to to. I thought about who needs the content, who needs information about how to get a job. People who are unemployed don't go to bookstores because they don't have the money to spend for books. So they go to libraries. Then I went to colleges and I thought uh, I sold books as, as a textbook, sold it to alumni associations and used it as a fundraiser. I sold it to – I thought who wants a college student to get a job more than the student does? The parents. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, so I, I bought a list of the parents of graduating college students to a direct mail program to them, and sold tens of thousands of books that way because they had really? the they had the the money, <laughs> had the desire to help the kids get a job and move out of the house. So, and it's just different ways of, of doing that. I had it uh, translated into Spanish because there was no. Uh, job search information for the Hispanic marketplace at the time. Then I sold it to state governments and uh, sold it to corporations. When they were laying people off, they gave the upper management uh, people outplacement uh, help, but those in the general line didn't get that. So they, they gave them a packet of my, my books and videos. So and then that leads me to the second part of this, Derek. That what, so you define your content. Next, define the form of the book. And it sounds odd, but again, stop selling your book. Selling the information in your book and the content in which the, the buyers wanted. The college students didn't want to spend fourteen ninety five for a book, so I took out different chapters on resumes and cover letters and interviewing, and sold those to the colleges and they gave them to the students. So I, I actually made more money selling it that way. And then I, I went to one state government and short, presented my my book to them as Job Search One Hundred and One, and presented it to them and they. Uh, love the book. I said it's a great book, but we're not going to buy it. <laughs> I said, why not? I said, well, we do workshops for the unemployed people of our state. So I, I mean, you do a workshop, you know, perfect bound book. You try to lay it down flat, and it doesn't lay flat, and it just folds up upon itself. So I took it to Staples and cut off the binding, put a wire binding on it, and took it. Never changed the word of that, and took it back to the state government and said, now how do you like it? <laughs> they loved it, so they put in a standing order for eight thousand eight thousand books a quarter. Just because I, I just changed that, and then I took those little booklets I did for the college for the uh, college students and changed the made a few minor changes. The word "student" I changed to "citizen" like that, and states bought that. I know Connecticut when people applied for their unemployment benefits, they got a packet of my of my booklets plus a video I did called "The Art of Interviewing." So they had to they had to watch that, and they, so the, I took that to other states when I had that. A book with the binding on the spiral binding, and I took that to other states, and they all placed blanket orders for it. And I asked, the, I asked, you know, who's doing your workshops? I said, well, we have various people who do that. Well, how about having the author do the workshops? <laughs> so I was paid to do the workshops using my own book as the textbook for it. So it was uh, that's the, the two basic, well, three basic tenets: one, define your your prospect; two, define your contact intent in terms of your prospect. And three, what form do they want it? So uh, corporate buyers, they may want your information in the form of a webinar or a seminar or uh, or maybe a, 
uh, a presentation to their employees. So that's that's if that's the way, way they want it. That's the way you, you sell it to them. So the the basic tenet uh, when you sell it to the the retailers primarily they want obviously a physical book, but they may want it in, uh, in a different format or they're when when you're presenting a book to an airport store or to a uh, any retailer they generally not generally almost exclusively work through a distributor it's just like selling books to bookstores that you get your distributor and then they contact the airport stores the the supermarkets the the gift shops for you and you just you just do the promotion on it so most people start out there actually because it's just like they're used to that they're getting they in many cases their distributor already sells to some of these outlets so they're getting that that distribution in in place and that's and then they can they can do the social media they can do the radio and tv shows to stimulate the sales through the, these outlets because the retail sales through a bookstore you get a distributor the book the books are on the shelf 60 to 90 days and if they don't sell they're taken off you get paid 120 days and the books are returnable if they don't sell it's the same thing with an airport store with a supermarket or with a gift shop if it doesn't sell that they they send it back and and so that's why your promotion is so important on the non-retail side, it's just the opposite. You can sell large quantities non-returnable, but it's a different way of looking at it. So that's the uh, – there are very very many similarities to selling through a bookstore, and there are a lot of differences. You know, and you can, the way that you can sell more is to perhaps start off with similarities and, and uh, do the retail part of it. And then uh, as your sales increase, then go through the non-retail retail part. So it's – uh, I guess I'm repeating myself here, but there are not a lot of there are not a lot of differences, and there are many differences depending on how you approach it. And it's, it works for fiction or for non nonfiction, and it's just a, a great way to sell books. And it's something that if people really look at it and, and get and find out how to do it, there are vast opportunities to increase the sales and, and, and revenue and profits of your book sales. Uh, so I'm, I'm listening to to you talk about you know thousands and tenths of, of thousands of, of different kinds of, of books and and it uh, it kind of blows me away, Brian, because um with uh, with the the publishers that I've I've worked with um you know they're they're looking you know for maybe a, you know, three thousand book print run or five thousand uh, uh, books uh, in a print run. Um, to consider a, a book, you know, kind of breaking breaking even. Yeah. Um, love, you know, to see their their authors sell, you know, twenty or thirty or fifty thousand books. <laughs> well, that's, that's very attainable. Uh, what's that? That's very attainable. I think very. It's, it's, it takes a lot of work for that. A sale may take a year or two to consummate, but it, it can be done. For example, uh, Derek, we had a, a a book. One of my clients had a book about eating well through cancer. It was a book about for people going through chemo or radiation, different recipes they could prepare to help them go through these treatments as healthily as possible. So we went to a pharmaceutical company, and the company was making these chemical the products for these treatments. They bought thirty-two thousand copies of it just to, uh, to they put their logo on the cover and, and gave it to the doctors who were using their products, and. They, the, the doctors gave it to their patients, so it, it was a the sale was made to the pharmaceutical companies, but and they they gave it away, and everybody benefited from that. So that's how a book could be used in large quantities. We had 
a book that was uh, one company. Uh, here's another example. What you do when you're selling to non-retail, you're helping them solve a problem. You're not actually selling your book. Again, you stop selling your book. You solve the problem. For example, one company wanted to uh, incre- wanted to increase the awareness of health, uh, healthy lifestyle among its employees because their objective was to reduce their health care costs, to reduce absenteeism, and increase productivity. And they had 10,000 employees. So what we did was went to them and got a book on walking. And then so all 10,000 books, all 10,000 employees in month one got a book on walking. On month two, they got a pedometer. Month three, a journal to keep track of their exercise. So we helped that company solve their problem. of They, they reduced their health care costs. They re- reduced absenteeism. And they, they actually they hired the author of the, of the, of the walking book as, to be a spokesman. They paid him to walk, fly around the country and speak to the different locations of the company about how to uh, – Increase that that your healthy lifestyle and all, and all the benefits of it. So it can. It took a couple of years to consummate that sale to put everything together. But you get an order for ten thousand books. It's uh, it's it's worth the uh, the effort. So the sales can be. There are other many other examples of that. But the different types of books that we had, uh, or that can be sold through the these non-retail sectors of it. And the companies may, for that walking book, the company actually had, we put in a tip-in page of the president of the company wrote out a little note about the, the importance of a healthy lifestyle. So it was customized in that way. And the companies pay for that kind of customization. And another point that you made that, that you said some publishers will print X thousand books in advance. And that's another benefit of this. You don't have to print any books until the sale is made because they may want to add their logo to the cover or they may want to uh, put in a tip in page or make some kind of a customization to it. And that's just requires a total separate print run. So the, you don't have to carry inventory inventory like this. And, and uh, well, you, you, you do for the retail sector, obviously They're, the distributors will take some books uh, to keep in their inventory to resell. But on the non-retail side, you don't have to print any books. In it. As a matter of fact, I recommend you do not print any books in advance so you can uh, customize them. So it's a it's a, again, a different, totally different way of selling. It requires a different mindset and a little bit of, of ingenuity, a little creativity to come up with this. And, and But the, the, the basic premise is to find out who could use that information in your book. And then you pursue that, that angle. So that's the uh the way to to increase your sales significantly and it just it takes some time you have to work at it or on the distribution on the retail side you don't have to t- take time out of your your day job you can still have that but you just do, do the promotion of it you say you work with your distributor to sell the books for you so there are ways of entering the uh the special sales segment without having to, to quit your day job let me ask you two two questions um, in in there in there, Brian. So one, you just talked about uh, distributors. Uh, so question number one, um, talk uh, talk about uh, talk about do, doing that, getting in with the the distributors who can turn around and, and sell your your book um, into some of these other places. And then um, on the side, excuse me, or the second question is uh, talk about. Uh, you know, like uh, maybe for example, um, you know, going to the government and, and having them, you know, purchase eight thousand of those books every every quarter. How do you 
how do you uh, after you identify uh, these are some places where we think people might um, might buy these kinds of books or could use this kind of information. Um, it, what do you, do you, you just you know, pick up the pick up the phone? You start tracking down their their email addresses. Just use a little bit of uh, of um, what do you call it? Leather on the on hitting the pavement. Your leather. Yes, that's right. Sure. Yeah. Probably probably all of the above. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and different. Uh, uh, different kind. That, that's the, the the beauty of this, Derek. That it, there, it's 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 different. It's fun. It's it's require, it requires creativity. But uh, so uh, the three your your questions, the two questions. One about this distributors, how to find distributors. Talk to your your distributor for your your bookstore distributor first. They may that distributor may already have access to these other uh, the other other retailers and may be already selling to them. In most cases, they're probably not, but at least it's a good place to start. And then uh, go to – there's a company called uh, Reader uh, Link, one word, readerlink.com. And then uh, they they distribute to many of these discount stores, warehouse clubs, supermarkets. There's uh, CIMAC Sales. They're in Canada, but they do a lot of distribution of, of books in Canada and the, and the U.S. Uh, there is a uh, – a website called great rep great rep.com there you can actually for these for gift shops uh, for example and and they'll have uh they have a place on their website of 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 lines available so you can just have your book cover there with a different with a description of it and these people go through there if they're looking for new lines to carry they'll go there and they'll contact you if, if they think that they can sell your book uh, to these retailers uh, to gift shops there is a choicebooks.org and they sell to uh, supermarkets pharmacies uh, Hudson will sell to more of the airport stores Ingram sells to airport stores you have uh, uh, those, those are probably the, the top ones for that. So those are the um, – I'm trying to think of some others that you might – but if you get, if you get Reader Link, Cymac, Hudson, uh, Choice Books, Great Rep, you'll have a lot of uh, – maybe the, those top distributors. Or if you go into to national parks or to museum gift shops, museum gift shops or aquariums and zoos, if, you're, if your content is appropriate for, for kids or for those on those topics – then go to Event Network, and they run the gift shops in these museums and, and zoos. And if you want, if you have a book for national parks or state parks, go to uh, Eastern National for the Eastern Parks uh, and Western National Parks Association for those west of the Mississippi. And their websites show the have lists of all the uh, the parks and actually the gift store the buyers. You can actually connect to the gift. St- gift store buyers so that leads in your second question about how do you find these people if you want to do it on your on your own you can contact go to the websites find the the, the parks and go there but the uh, there are other source other sources of of how to make the sale one for for corporate sales for there's a website called manta.com m-a-n-t-a.com and that lists all all businesses. <laughs> so it's uh, you go there and you can sort it by industry, by uh, sort it geographically and find those that are in your city. And it gives you the name of the person to contact, email address, phone number, mailing address, uh, the link to their website. So you can find out a lot of information. 
what I do, uh, yes, about the, the process. Once you have the, these, this contact information, what I do first, Eric, is is call, uh, make a phone call to find out is that person still there, and the, the information on Manta may be old, so you want to check to make sure that the prospect to whom you're calling, the the marketing manager, the HR manager, make sure that person is still there, and uh, it's. In many cases, when I call for my clients or for or for myself, that the, the receptionist will say, "What's the call about?" Well, I want to talk to Derek about uh, about my book and purchasing my book. Boom, you go right right to Derek's uh, voicemail. And so, first thing, have a good voicemail message. But what I found, what what I do now is is, uh, is I'll the receptionist will say, "Who do you, who'd you like to talk to?" I'll say, "Well, please transfer me to accounts receivable." Uh, you know, hello, accounts receivable. How did I get you? I'm trying to get Derek in marketing. Would you please switch me over to him? And it, 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 it always, it, not always, but in 99% of the time it goes through because they don't want to talk to you. Yeah, they're, in a, they're in accounts receivable. And so, you know, you, you pick up the phone because it's, now it's an internal call. And so then I, you get through. So there are some creative ways of getting through. And then what I'll do after that, I'll talk to the, the buyer and, and mention the, uh, the success we've had with other people or the, the content and how it could help them do something. And then you start the process and say, I'd like to send you some information about my book or set up a time to call. So set up a time to talk. Because what you want to do is you want to find out what those pain points are. Uh, like, for example, with that, that 10,000 book order, we found out we asked the, the buyer, if you were to hire somebody today to uh, as your assistant, what would you want that person to do in the first 90 days? Well, we, we really need a, the buyer would say something to the effect, well, we have a big problem with absenteeism and, and productivity. We need we, I would I would tell that person, my new assistant, to address that problem. So now you know the pain points. So you find out that. Uh, uh, how, how to address that? And another uh, another technique that I, that I've used is that buyers will say something to the effect that they'll, they'll say, uh, "Tell me about your book," and the author will say, "Well, it's six by nine. It's got 220 pages. It's got some great photographs and excellent testimonials. And here are a bunch of reviews uh, for it. So it's it took me three years to write. It's really a high content, and it's only 14.95. If you buy 10,000 today, I'll give you 50 percent off." How many do you want to buy? Well, none. <laughs> so they don't sell any books. But if the author, the buyer says, uh, tell me about your book. And the, the author may say, well, let me ask you a couple of questions first. Sure, go ahead. Uh, have you ever used books before as a promotional item? No, we, we haven't. What do you use? We, we use coffee mugs. Oh, really? What do you use coffee mugs for? What at trade shows we give those out to people who come to our exhibit as a thank you for coming to our exhibit. Wow, that's that's really cool. Do you do you have to you have to store those? Oh yeah, we we store those and you ship them to the shows. Yeah, we do. Do you ever get breakage? Oh sure, we get some breakage on it. Yeah. How many do you buy? We buy about well, about five thousand at a time. You know, do other exhibitors have coffee mugs too? Well, sure they do. So now you know so much more information. You know that that. They're, they have to spend money for warehousing. They have to spend money for shipping. They have breakage. They have. They don't have a unique gift to give people. And you know what their budget is? Coffee mugs are two, three dollars each. And they they spend five. They buy five thousand of them. So they're spent. They have their budget fifteen thousand dollars. 
And just by asking a few questions, now you know well, have all their pain points. Now you start your presentation about how your your ebooks can be used. There is no storage, there is no breakage, there is no shipping charge. It's it's a unique product, and you can put your logo on it. You can customize it to your your company. So that's <laughs> that's how sales are made. And if you can just turn the perspective around from selling your book to getting people to buy it. And and st- in, in in writing books, it's it's the, the uh, comment is show don't tell. In selling books, it's ask don't tell, and it's a totally different way of selling. And it's it's um, it's getting the prospect to to buy instead of selling it to them. But you do that based upon your content about your form. So you're not selling books; you're selling the the content they want in the form of an ebook. It's not a print. They don't want a print book because they have to store that and ship it. And they're trying to minimize their costs. So the more you can help them solve their problems in a way that's profitable for them, it's a great win-win situation. So that's why I, I train people to do that. Or I do. We, uh, we have a, a program which we can do that for them. But it's something that um, it's you can't just call, pick up the phone and say you want to buy my book. You've got to do some research into it, and it's it's a process that that you. You make the initial contact, you get the information about what they're trying to accomplish, you create a proposal, which could be just a one-page proposal, but that is your recommendation of what is required. And then the uh, then you make a presentation, negotiate the sale, and then you get the signature on the dotted line, but then you have to do all the follow-up too. So to make sure that the books are printed, that the logo is in the right spot, that the tipping page is where they want it, and they're delivered to the various locations on time. And then you get those recurring orders, that those are the 8,000 books a quarter that you get, uh, do that for every state. So then, then you're printing books in large quantities. You're making, your printing cost has dropped significantly and you're, you're more profitable. If you print, uh, 10,000 books, 15, 20,000 books every few months, then you, your printing cost is significantly, significantly less. So that's uh, these things all help to make your business profitable. And that's another really good point, Derek, that you're no longer an author. Once you get your book out there, you're, you're not an author. You're, you're a consultant. Uh, you're a salesperson. You're, you're, you're a business person. You're running a business. You know, I was in the corporate world I, for a number of years, and I got laid off my job. That's how I started in, in, in publishing business, writing my books. And I made that transition from an author to starting my business and uh, selling it. And it's something that I had to sell it in order to, uh, to, to, to grow my business. And I grew the product line. I wrote several books about, about uh, job search topics. One thing, for example, with Job Search 101. I live right near New York City, and there's at the time CBS 101 was the highest rated job uh, morning drive time radio show. So I called them up and said, I'll give, send, I'll give you 10 books of Job Search 101 to give away on CBS 101. And they said, fine. So I said, can I be on your show? And I said, they said, sure. So I was on the highest rated morning drive time radio show in New York City talking about my book, and they would say the 10th caller gets – it gets a free copy of this of this book, and I thought that uh, the when I'm on a morning drive time radio show that if I say that my uh, they always say how do we how do we contact you Brian well you call eight hundred five six two four three five seven well that's <laughs> that's 
uh, people aren't going to remember that, but that spells out job help. So I'd say just you know, just uh, just call me at eight hundred job help. And the, uh, so I got a lot of so a lot of books that way through uh, for that. But I found out that the uh, that number was very close to the White Swan Washington Police Department. So I got a lot of calls from people. Like one Saturday morning, I got a call from somebody who said, "I want to report a stolen car." And I said, oh, "I'm sorry, you got the wrong number." Oh, just my luck. My car was stolen. I lost my job. Oh, you lost your job. <laughs> I can help you with that. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I sold them a book. <laughs> so always be ready to sell. And so, so that's, uh, but that's, that's uh, just a couple. And I wrote a book uh, called Coping with Unemployment, a book about how to deal with the negative aspects or negative emotions of unemployment. And it was a great book, as you might know, but it's something that did not sell well in bookstores because people didn't want to be seen buying a book called Coping with Unemployment. So I found a catalog called, at the time, it was the Brown Wrapper Bookstore. And they sold non-pornographic books that people did not want to be seen buying or or non-pornographic products. (laughs) And uh, I I sold a lot of books that way because it's a great – people wanted the information. They wanted the content. They just didn't want to be seen buying it. So that's that's another aspect of it. You can sell books through catalogs, uh, through uh, these uh, third-party companies like uh, Collective Books. used to be Books Are Fun where they'll, they'll set up displays in schools. And schools may use your book as a fundraiser. So they'll, they'll contact uh, daycare centers if your book is appropriate for preschoolers. Or, so it's, uh, or they'll set up displays in corporations so that people can, can buy books there, or set up books, displays in teachers' lounges. So they'll, they'll do, they do selling for you. So you don't have to just go to the retail stores. You can go to these uh, the book, book clubs. There's a company called um, Reading Group Choices that uh, sells books to reading groups around the country that might have five people here. They read the same book every month and they meet and talk about the book or 10 people in this state or 15 people in this area or 20 people in the state. And to find those would be difficult and to sell five books at a time is more time consuming. But this Reading Group Choices will has lists of these. They send out a catalog quarterly. So if you have a, a fiction book, uh, or particularly or nonfiction book that would be appropriate for one of these reading groups, then uh, they'll buy X thousand at a time from you, and then they send them out to these five at a time here, ten at a time here. So that's that, uh, another way of getting your books out to people on a having somebody else do all the distribution, all the shipping charges for you, and that uh, so they buy books from you in one large quantity, and then. Collective goods will do that. Reading group choices, uh, the catalogs, uh, book clubs. There are so many other ways of, uh, and the book clubs don't have to be a uh, a major book club, book of the month club. It could be a military book club or a children's book club. And so, so you have the corporations, you have schools, you have the military buys a lot of books. Uh, and the uh, uh, Army Air Force Exchange Service online, they have a books uh, category on their website. The uh, uh, so the, the, the Navy Dash Next buys books for the sailors on board ship. So the, the, there are ways of getting to, to the military. Uh, so just come up with again going back. Who who's your target reader? In the military, they're they're not just buying books on on military history. 
They're buying books for children about how to deal with frequent moves and, uh, and, and changing schools every two years. Or I sold a lot of books to the military on how to get a job that, that they, uh, the people, the, the spouse of the military person changing career or changing jobs every couple of years or the military person leaving the military and, and getting it entering the, 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 the civilian life. They want to find out how to get a job. So I did a, sold a lot of books to the military, a lot of job search books to the military. I got a book. I got a, uh, a call one time from a prison librarian wanted to buy my job search book. I said, I said, why? <laughs> I didn't say why, but you know, why? <laughs> so I said, uh, he said we, we get a lot of people, you know, a lot of prisoners when they are released from prison, have to enter the, the job market. So we want to make sure they're trained how to get a job. And I never would have thought of that. So I sold yeah. 1,500 books to other prison librarians. And so it's it actually sold a lot more. They kept getting stolen. But it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, but it's it's uh, it, it, so you have libraries, niche libraries, not not just the public libraries. Look at these niche libraries: the law libraries, and children's libraries, religious libraries, prison libraries, and also associations buy a lot of uh, books. They may have a bookstore on their website. What we found is that you go to an association if your content is appropriate to their mission you can join them in what we call what's called cause marketing where they may put your a link to your website on their website or allow you to use their their logo but then you go to the the, the membership chair that person's job is to increase their membership so they may buy your book as as a, as a premium as a thank you so when people join the association or renew their membership they get a free copy of your book as a thank you uh, and then we go to the newsletter editor. Now, that person's job is to uh, get good content out to the all the members. And they may have 100,000 members. So what we do is allow them to excerpt from our, uh, our client's book, X number of uh, X hundred words per issue. And we'll, we'll say, say to them, instead of paying us for that, which they probably won't do anyway, <clears throat> say, can we barter that content for an ad? So you may get month one, they get a, a, an excerpt from your book, month two, an ad about your book, month three, a review, or month four, you may submit an article to them. So you have that repetitive content. And then you have your book in the association bookstore. So people can, the, the, the association is paid that way, that they get the book sale from it. And they have no, there's no out-of-pocket money from them to give you a, um, a free ad in their newsletter. So it's just ways of getting they're they're distributing your your content directly to their the, the people who can buy it and buy your book and just a great way to sell a lot of books you can sell books to the the meeting uh, chair uh, membership chair as uh, in, in large quantities all customized non-returnable and while you're on that website go to the meeting planner to find out if you're a speaker maybe speak at an upcoming meeting and then they may use your book as a uh, early bird special that this person is speaking at our meeting. And if you if you register for the uh, to attend three months in advance, you get a free copy of that person's book as a thank you. Some, so those those are ways of of getting that again non returnable sales through the associations at the back of the room sales. But you have them doing that for you. Uh, Brian, if we had uh, if we had another hour, I'd love to hear more more stories about. Uh, <laughs> prison libraries. <laughs> that's, that's a fun thing. 
but in the um, in the in the last few minutes that that um, that we have, um, could you could you tell us a little bit about a um, little about the the association uh, for publishers of special sales, sure. as well as uh, Book University, which I just find um, the courses on there just so um, chock full of information. Sure. I took over uh, SPAN, the Small Publishers Association of North America, five years ago. We're having our five-year anniversary in, in January. But, but I changed. I wanted to change the whole mission of it, so I changed the, the, the name to the Association of uh, for Publish, Publishers for Special Sales. And it's APPS. We just call it APPS, A-P-S-S. That's APSS.org. And just changed the whole mission to non-bookstore marketing. So we get people that are interested in selling their books, as we've just been talking about for the last half or 40 minutes. So uh, that is that uh, that information. So we have webinars. We have information on our website about how to do that. We have uh, recommended suppliers for, for, for uh, helping you do that. And then we noticed we, we do surveys regularly of our members, and people wanted information. We, we would do uh, webinars once or twice a month, but they had to be there to listen to it. So they wanted information on their schedules. So we created Book Selling University. It's booksellinguniversity.com. Right now we have about over 50 courses. These courses are all by industry experts, by the topic experts, people on, on planning, on social media, on, on uh, copyrights, on legalities, on, um, on publicity. And I do some on on uh, special sales. So we have speakers on experts in their topics. So now people taking these courses can do it on their schedule anywhere in the world. They can access Book Selling University and have that uh, just purchase that course. And they're 15 minute, 30 minute, and 60 minute courses. So depending on how much time they have available, you can you can view them up to five times. So it's not for that one price. So it's a uh, we provide information. We provide information on your time. And if you don't have, if you're working full time, you don't have the ability to do or the desire or the skills to make all these sales calls that we've been talking about. We have a program <clears throat> which we can do that for you. So the way it's set up. If people want to do it themselves, we can help them do it. If they want to learn how to do it themselves, we can help them do it. If they want us to do it for them, then we can. So we have all three. <laughs> Some people do all participate in all three programs. So the uh, what I'm trying to be what I, what I have done with the association is provide the access to these. Well, first of all, information about what special sales is, so people have that recognition of the opportunity, and then right. provide them access to the retailers, the non-bookstore retailers or the non-retailers, uh, the catalogs, uh, everybody uh, who can help them sell more books. Our objective is to help our members just become more profitable and, and become uh, well, sell more of their books more profitably to these non-bookstore buyers. So we help, help them make it as easy as possible for them to do so. Now, that was my objective, and we've been doing that for the last five years and intend to do it for long term in the, in the future. We're the really only association in in the country perhaps the world that's has as their primary mission non-bookstore marketing and that's our so that's our our point of difference our unique selling proposition our unique, unique value proposition so it's book apps book apss.org uh, or information about my program is uh, bookmarketing.com and uh, or you know brian judd at bookmarketing.com is or 800 job help <laughs> I still have that that, that I still have that, that phone in the dark. That, uh, that's, so it's uh, 
I just try to make it as easy as possible for people to get in touch with me. And once we're in touch, it's as easy as possible for them to increase their sales in, in the ways in which they want to do it. So that's my uh, my uh, theory of, of helping people make more money in this business. <laughs> well, anybody who helps us make more money, we love them. So you have our love. <laughs> well, that's good. All right, Brian, this is uh, this has been a, a whirlwind tour of, as you put it, the uh, or as you, you pointed out, the um, the market for uh, for books, that's actually bigger than the um, than the, the, the market for um, in, in retail bookstores. The, most books are actually sold outside of bookstores, not not inside, which is uh, which is a uh, fascinating. For um for a bookworm like like me, so I appreciate you coming on. And, My pleasure, Dirk. Um, and um, can't wait to, to learn more from uh, from apps as well as uh, Bookselling University. I'm uh, I'm becoming um, I'm joining both. Okay, thank you very much. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>